0: Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So today, Pentecost, Memorial Day, natural freedom, spiritual freedom, I have a lot of ideas here. I've got I got a ton of scripture and we will get through it. But I, I basically the scripture that I have is I, I want to kind of read the history of the location of the presence of God. And we talk about this a lot, but I, I just thought it would be interesting to look at all the scriptures. But one of the one of the things that I want to do is help you know. What an amazing work God did in you when you said yes to him. You know, I'm I'm trying to elevate our self-image. I'm trying to elevate our self-perspective. I'm trying to raise us up into a higher glory that matches what God has done on the inside of us through Christ. Because you do and live and make decisions and speak and handle every aspect of life. Uh, How you do all that reflects who you think that you are. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to renew our minds to put on the new man so that we embrace in every aspect of our being that which is already true of us spiritually, because then you will naturally obey God. You will naturally make good choices. You'll then be able to trust your own choices and not second guess everything. You won't have to run around and try to get words from everybody. You won't have to try to flip the Bible open and hope you land on a scripture that gives you meaning. You know what I mean? You just just live from a sense of knowing your unity in God with Christ and and confidently living out of your spiritual, completed, righteous, holy identity. That's why it's so important to stay out of sin, because that corrupts your self-image. And and it starts to lie to that self-portrait that's written in your heart. It starts to make you feel and believe, I am this behavior rather than who you are spiritually. So if you believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, then you will behave that way. If you believe that you are free from this particular way of life, you will not go back into it because the belief is what determines the behavior. The behavior is the fruit. The belief is the guidance system. And you do what you believe. And that's like... So so we put massive amounts of effort into believing the finished work, into believing who we are in him. Amen? Not to try to make it true, but to try to actually believe it. To have faith in what's already done and accomplished, and then you naturally live out of that. It's a transformative process. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so it's like, man, let's let's start recognizing how amazing we are and how awesome and incredible and miraculous, and I know that that's difficult for some people, especially you know, kind of the the more legalistic and religious perspective um, wants you to feel worthless and dirty and like you're a worm and you're just a sinner and there's nothing good in you, and and that's true before you get saved. <laughs> but you can become a completely different type of being. So I was thinking about that before I came up here, and during during worship, I just had this picture, and I had the picture of David, the statue of David. You guys familiar with that? I didn't have it prepared because it just came up and just popped into my mind. Michelangelo, yeah. So Michelangelo has the story. I think this is true, but supposedly he was look. He had he knew he wanted to do this statue, and he could see it, and he went looking for a piece to carve, and found a discarded piece of uh, marble, and, but the, the legend goes that as soon as he saw it, which was a throwaway, he could see the statue inside the rock. And his story is that all he did was carve away what didn't need to be there for the true David inside that rock to be revealed. But that's what we are. In spirit, you're a pure, concentrated righteousness. You go as deep as you possibly into yourself, into the kind of being that you are, and it's just like God. And then he's made us promises so that we would be a partaker of his divine nature. It's amazing. I mean, it is amazing. But then I, this is, so this is what I saw. I'm like, I'm vision, visioning that statue. And I, you guys seen um, Night at the Museum, where the statues talk, and it's funny, but uh <laughs> So, uh, here, so in this, while during worship, I saw David, the statue, like wake up and look at himself and be like, oh my gosh, I am a masterpiece, but fully aware that he had been carved into that. He didn't wake up and go, I'm amazing because I'm amazing. He was reflecting on what happened to him because of what Michelangelo had done to him. And really, that's the mindset that we need to have. You're not awesome because of you. You're awesome because of him, to give him the glory. And and it's dishonoring to him to see yourself any less. It's dishonoring to God and his finished work to look at yourself and think of yourself of anything less than the righteousness of God in Christ. And when you can embrace that, man, you want to protect it. You don't want to speak this way, make this decision, do that anymore, this that. You know, you have a you have a desire then that's deeper than just external obedience. Amen? Amen. You, you, you have a desire to protect this masterpiece that God has created, and and man, I'm telling you, the, most of the Christian world doesn't see it that way. But that's that's really one of the biggest things we want to do through this ministry is change the way people see God. And when you change the way that you see God, you change the way that you see you. Wow. Amen. And then you live out of that, yep. and then people look at you and they're like, No, that's. There's something interesting and attractive about that. But the, the greatest motivating factor within the made righteous body of Christ that the world looks at is our love for one another and then how we enjoy our unity in him and then how we collectively love them. And that's hard when you got gay Satanist t-shirts in your favorite pastime location? For your kids. So it's, so help us, Lord. I mean, really, help us. Help us tread worthy of the salvation that you've given us, not backing down, but leading being an example. Whew. So, Pentecost. You know, um, I'm not gonna go into the, the power and the tongues and all that kind of stuff. I think we'll do, oh, I don't know that I told anybody, but I have moved equipped to this week, <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> Was it even in the announcements? No. Okay. Well, I meant the next week. I meant, I meant the wrong date. I meant the wrong date because we're going to probably be out of town. Um, but anyway, so this Wednesday, equip. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the spirit, baptism of the spirit, maybe some engaging stuff. There was also something else we were going to talk about. I've got it in my notes. But anyway, so I'm, I'm not really talking about that aspect of it. What I want to talk about is God relocating to live on the inside of you. Um, because to me, that, that's, that's, it's great that we get this capacity of the gift to speak and give voice to the, the Spirit of God on the inside, because that's what you're doing when you're praying in the Spirit, when you're praying in tongues. It's kind of like you're giving a, a platform or a highway into this earth for God to commingle his will With your spirit and to manifest it out into the realm, into this earth, because He gave the earth to mankind, and so we have dominion over this planet. He spoke things into existence. That when we speak and when we pray, you know, we don't understand it all. When I think about that kind of stuff, I think I'm almost about it more in energetic terms than mystical terms. Are you with me? Like, like Adam said, and it's funny because I was actually watching Ancient Aliens last night, and they were talking about the guy back in the 70s that did that experiment, and uh, of course they go to a weird place with it. Those guys—they do the greatest research, but then it's like ancient alien theorists say. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all aren't upset that I watched that show. Watch it all the time. Uh, All they're doing is they're telling the story of the Nephilim, the the offspring of the fallen angels. Anyway, let me see if I can figure out how to tie this all back together. (laughs) Uh What was I talking about? Nephilim. There we go. There we go. We'll just give you guys the microphone. Um, just you know, demystifying the gifts and looking not, not trying to put God in a box, not trying to not trying to take away the spiritual aspect, but looking at spiritual interaction as more of a tangible thing that we can actually interact with than this distant mystical thing that God has to come out, come out of nowhere somehow and interact with us. You know, to me, spiritual manifestation is energetics in a way that we just can't necessarily naturally, perceive with our own mind. Right. So I'm not going to go into that, but, The fact that we have the same power that created everything living on the inside of us is phenomenal. It is absolutely amazing to think about that. It's amazing to think about that we're married to God. You know, that's what Paul says in Ephesians 5, is that when a husband and wife become one, it's like us becoming one with the Father, the two become one. We're joined together. Our spirits commingle. Our spirits are mixed. And it's a mystery. I mean, Paul says specifically it's a mystery. We become one with God somehow. He joins himself to us. We are betrothed to him. We are the bride of Christ. And, and, to, and to, that's not just poetry. That's not just metaphor. That is a living reality of this power source on the inside of us. to, To be loved by God, that power source, that life, that being of God, constantly reminding us who we are. You know, we talked about that, I think it was last week, that the Spirit of God on the inside of us bears witness with our spirit that we're his child. And so your homework was to, in the areas that you need to see change and where you're trying to trust God, is present that idea before God, but then can you hear him, and I don't mean an audible voice, I just mean inwardly the impressions. Can you host the idea that you're his child in that area versus what are you supposed to do in that area? Because we seek God for information, but I think if we first affirmed and recognized our sonship in him in that area, that we're joint heirs with Christ and heirs of God, then you approach it from a different perspective. Lord, have mercy. When y'all actually get a baby, what are y'all going to do? We're going to have to give them a special corner back there. This will be the surface family corner over here. If you want to pass the baby, go that way. Uh, so let's read a bunch of scripture. Are you with me? What time is it? All right. Isaiah 61, one. And and, and again, I I want you to recognize as we read through this how intentional God is to be with you and joined to you, to be with you and that he wants to do life empowering you, strengthening you. He's not distant from you. We're trying to change the way we see God in that he's not out there evaluating our prayer requests. He's living on the inside of us, seeking that we experience his divine nature in this realm. And you got to do a lot of repenting to be open to that. Yeah. Repenting means changing the way that you think. Metanoia, change your mind. Turn away from sin and embrace how he thinks. This is how he thinks. It's what he wants. The location of his spirit on the inside. I, I, I remember this. Uh, you, can, you can take that down for I remember early on, it wasn't long, long after um, I came out of my darkness and deception and you know, was experiencing deliverance. And But um, it was a few years on and actually Sarah and I were living in a condo in Peachtree City and we were in the upstairs and I was in the bed by the window and it, I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning. I woke up, and I could hear the neighbors downstairs outside fighting. And, and <laughs> yeah, they fought all the time. But anyway, but for some reason, it, the way that it woke me up, it, it triggered this fear, this unrational fear that was like the fear that I used to have, that I'd been set free from and delivered. But just in that moment, it triggered it, and that it kind of gripped me. You ever Does that ever happen to you? You know, you just kind of like right when you wake up, you feel like, I don't and then you, then you get a hold of yourself. But, but in that moment, I heard it, and then I, I felt almost an oppression trying to creep in. And then, and then, I'm telling you, I've heard the audible voice a couple of times, but I heard the voice of God down here coming up this way, speaking up toward me. The spirit of the living God dwells within me. And it was either my spirit, God's spirit, I think both, right, in harmony together, speaking it. But I I remember intellectually recognizing these are not the thoughts that I'm having in this moment. My thoughts are, oh, my gosh, the devil's coming to get me. But I'm hearing this voice speaking from the inside. And it's two completely different things, two completely different messages, and and then once i recognized the power within that i just started laughing and then he started laughing and many times after that there would be times where you know i'd sense some type of oppressive type of thing coming in and then i'd just i would hear god laugh on the inside of me laughing as if a child walks up to you and threatens you and <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> uh, you know what i mean it's like it's it's a laugh but the, but there was also a sense of I'm so free from the fear of the enemy that it's humorous that he would even try. Like like there, that was encoded within the laughter, and it was this laughter that was kind of like relishing in the fact that you're you're just I don't. It's hard to put into words, but it's a laughter of confidence. And, and, and I don't it's hard, but it, it, it's kind of like the statue waking up and looking around and realizing how it's like, it's just, a, it's just a settledness, you know? So as we read through a lot of these, and I may skip some, but the whole goal, Jesus coming, Isaiah 61.1, the spirit, the spirit, notice spirit, notice the intention of the spirit, notice location, intention, all of this is about spirit, the spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Now, pray for me because I'm a preacher and I'm going to want to stop, but I need to keep going. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And that, this is what we do. If you ever wonder what you should be doing, it's this. The details will come. Pick, pick the who and then the what will come and the opening of the prison to those that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's talking about the year of Jubilee. Every 49th year, the nation of Israel, um, all the if there was a land debt that got re-paid uh, to another owner, the land would go back. So, golly, I can't help myself. So when the, when the, when the, when the, when the 12 tribes of Israel were given land, um that land would go back to the original tribe. So it wasn't like we, you know, like today here, we go buy a lot and you build something on it, and then that lot gets given to somebody else 50 years later. Now, th- this had everything to do with the original tribal land being reestablished again over and over and over, the year of jubilee, everything going back to kind of how it was originally set in the beginning. Uh, so anyway, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the, joy, the oil, oh, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. Say, I'm a tree of righteousness. Tree of righteousness. And then you can just kind of meditate on that image because you're, you're rooted and grounded in him rooted and grounded in his kingdom, in his grace, in his love, the roots of your tree drawing on the never-ending supply of grace and righteousness and joy and peace and all of that from him. You're never distant from God. You're never separated from God other than in your mind, and that's the repentance. The repentance is to give up that way of thinking And recognize I'm a tree of righteousness, deeply rooted and planted in the kingdom of God, in God himself. I live. I'm alive because I'm being fed by. I was dead in my sin. Now I'm alive in Christ. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. That's what it's all about. Elevate your self-image from the perspective of him being glorified of what you now are. Amen? And then Acts 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he'd spoken these things, which they'd watch, he was taken up. This is, this is phenomenal to me. He's just sitting there talking to them. He was taken up. A cloud received out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two stood by them with white apparel, said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up in heaven? The same Jesus who was taken taken up from you into heaven will so in like manner come as you saw him go into heaven. You know, so Pentecost, um, even though we were endued with power in that moment, there's something, when you look at the history of the temple of God, the original tabernacle with the Israelites wandering in the desert, and then the temple of Solomon that was eventually finished. When those two temples, when those two dwelling places of God were finished, they had a ceremony where there was a sacrifice, and the fire of God fell to consume the sacrifice. The same thing happened at Pentecost, but because those who were there assembled had been washed in the blood of Christ, when the fire of God fell, it didn't consume them, it merged with and inhabited them because they had been changed. So in other words, when it came, the fire of God comes, It's, it's for judgment, it's for vengeance, it's for purification. And the fact that they'd already been made pure, they'd already been washed, they'd already been changed, they were a holy vessel prepared for the indwelling of the Spirit. The Spirit interacted with them in a different way than in those former times. It consumed the sacrifice before, but in this time, it found worthy vessels because of what the blood of Christ had done. So when we are baptized with fire, Pentecostals love to say, it's the power, the fire, the power. I don't think so. There's There's no history of looking at fire associated with the presence of God and it being power. It's always judgment. So when you're baptized with the Spirit, which I say happens when you're born again, you get the, when you say yes to Jesus, you get the full Spirit. Jesus baptizes you in the Spirit. Spirit baptizes you in Jesus. It's this whole encompassing thing. Now, whether or not you allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you, which you could call the baptism of the Spirit, which may happen 40 years after you get born again, and you think that you got more of the Holy Spirit, that's a misteaching, teaching, in my opinion. When you get saved, you get the, all of it all of the Spirit, and then it's up to you to let the Holy Spirit come upon you to empower you. There are a lot of Christians who have not yielded to putting on the Spirit to minister in power, to be witnesses of God in power. So if you're born again and you're waiting for the baptism of the Spirit, you're waiting on you, not God. And there's a lot, of the, a lot of the body of Christ out there that sees this differently, but they're wrong, and we'll just keep going here. <laughs> So I just want to tell this part of the story, Genesis 3. This is Genesis 3, uh, verse 8. And they heard, this is, so this is in the garden. Again, the Holy Spirit, you see the intention of God. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. What does that sound like? What does it sound like for God to walk in the garden? And there's this whole garden imagery in terms of the mountain of God where we are one with God, where we commune and cohabitate with God, the garden. Where, where would you say that garden is now that God walks in? I agree. And they heard the Lord walking in the garden of the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? That's an identity question. He knew where he was. God's not looking for information. It's like, what's going on here? So he said, I heard, your, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. I was naked, and I hid myself. This God's desire is to walk with us and commune with us. Exodus 25, this is after the deliverance out of Israel. They're in the desert, which, incidentally, um, the giving of the law was 50 days after the Israelites were delivered from Egypt. Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection, so just kind of an interest. I think that I think the Jews celebrated as Shavuot. Is that right? Those of you guys are the Feast of Weeks. But anyway, so this is uh, God speaking to Moses, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may leave it on this one. That I may dwell among them. Just if you get anything out of what I, this, all of this that I'm saying today, get this. God desires to dwell among us. That's, that's Christ. That is... Um, dramatic pause. What's the one that we always talk about at Christmas? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with you. Sorry. So, that I made... Because it's God's desire. And then verse 22... And there I will meet with you. God, from the beginning, created and designed a place to meet with and commune with humanity. Those who would have their hearts turned toward him. And now that garden, that tabernacle, it's on the inside of you. There I will meet with you. I will speak with you from above the mercy seat. Not the judgment seat, the mercy seat. From between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. And then, so you you see God walking with them. We created a separation. He says, make me a tabernacle so that I can dwell among you. Make me a temple so that I can dwell among you all the while getting closer and closer and after the, body of, after the blood of Christ so that he can dwell in us. This is an incredible promise. This is Ezekiel, Ezekiel 11, uh, 19. <clears throat> and I will give, give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. You know, we talk about this a lot. But, but this spirit is not just the idea that you're born again. It is a deposit of power. It is a deposit of spiritual energy. It is a deposit of everything that you need. Because of this, because of God saying and promising and coming through on his promise to fulfill this promise, this is why all things are possible. In this moment, when he puts his spirit on the inside of you, that is when... Uh, he gives you all things that pertain unto life and godliness, like we talked about last week. God gives you everything He has to give you the moment you get born again, the moment you put your faith in Christ, the moment you say yes to Him. He just takes care of everything you will ever need by putting His Spirit in you. And what we need to do is renew our minds to recognize and think from the perspective that His Spirit is the supply of everything that I need. His spirit on the inside of me is the power. It is the wisdom. It is the joy. It is the provision. But faith gives host to that spirit to manifest and come into being in our lives. Amen? Amen. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh and get a new heart that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them, and they should be my people, and I will be their God. God's always after been... I'm putting these words in wrong order. This God's always been after obedience, but obedience from the heart. And not just mental agreement with the behavior, and then you do the behavior, but for you to be that... David statue that wakes up and is like, oh my goodness, look what God has done. And then it just determines how you live. It's a natural outflowing of the work that God has done on the inside of you. Jeremiah 32, 38. These shall be my people, not my servants, not my minions, not my representatives, my people. And I'll be their God. And I'll give them one heart and one way. So that they will fear me always. And when Jesus talks about fear, it's worship. For their own, listen to, listen to this. For their own good and for the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. And I will put the fear of me or the reverence of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. That's not a threat. That, that, that's a respect thing. Verse 41, I will rejoice over them to do them good and will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart and all my soul. God is committed to you. Now, that doesn't mean everything's just going to be duckies and rainbows for the rest of your life, because God might call you into something where there's great suffering for his name's sake, but... but. I was watching this Jordan Peterson thing, and, and he, the way he phrased it is, he's talking about Abraham, and it's like God called Abraham into a life of adventure that was worthy of the suffering that he experienced. What if we, what if we were living for something like Paul, and even if you experienced some suffering for his name's sake, it just was like, this is nothing. This, this call is greater than any persecution that I may experience and then Jesus John 14 23 Jesus answered and said to them if anyone loves me he'll keep my command and he's talking about this uh, natural outcrop and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him this Jesus I and the father will make our home within you say I'm the home of God did we not have that one Leave, leave that one up if you make our home with them. John fourteen one. Hmm. Yeah, John fourteen, twenty-three. Two more, first Corinthians six, eighteen. And that that comes with responsibility, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins, against, uh, immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know? Like I hear God say this. Don't <laughs> you, you pray for something or you have some limiting belief. Don't you know I'm inside of you? What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the living God? Temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God. You're not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Last one, Colossians 1.21. And you, say, that's me, who, were, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Say, I'm reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. Leave that verse up there if you would, please. And let's, let's, let's finish on this. If you would, stand with me. And I want you to think about this. I'm going to use your imagination a little bit because this is just what I see God doing. You can close your eyes if you want to. I just want you to see yourself in a space and you're aware of the presence of Jesus. And if you see him, you can even imagine that Jesus, like Michelangelo, is carving this masterpiece. And Jesus is stepping back and he says, that doesn't need to be there. That doesn't need to be there. That doesn't need to be there. But he's doing this with kindness and grace and love, then he steps back and he looks at you and he says, it's done. There's my masterpiece. And then he takes you and I see him picking me up in his arms and turning toward the bright shining throne of God and holding me up in his arms to the father and saying, look what I've done. They're holy now. They're blameless. They're in me, they're in you. We are one with them. Look what we've done, Father. And Jesus presents you wholly to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that kindness and graciousness. Thank you for laying down your will in the Garden of Gethsemane, sticking to the plan of salvation that the Father declared. Staying on the cross, dying and passing through Hades and overcoming the grave, conquering death with your faith, raising again, and then giving us your spirit as a marriage proposal to be joined to you forever. We are one with you and we say yes. Just tell him yes. Yes, Yes, Lord, I'm one with you. I don't want to limit anything that your spirit wants to do through me. And just see yourself That power, that spirit that's in you, just see it emerging, whether it be a liquid or whatever, coming upon you. And you might even feel something. Yes, Lord, I desire for you to dwell upon me because you're in me. I want to walk and minister fully in the power that's within me. I want to use all the gifts that you've given for us to use. I don't want to limit you, that you would be glorified because we are your created masterpieces. We wanna live shining bright for your glory. Thank you, Lord, thank you. I'm, I, just give yourself fully to that. Just tell him, just make that commitment. Whether you pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, or you're just telling him, yes, Lord, I give you everything. I'm fully devoted and committed to allowing your spirit to live through me. I want to do nothing but bring honor and glory to your name because there is a broken, hurting, dark, perverted world out here that needs to see what bright, shining, righteous sons of God looks like. And I will walk carrying your presence. I will walk carrying your light and your love and your righteousness and your just standards to be a light in this world, to show them just how good that you are. Thank you, Father. Not because of we're awesome, but because of what you've done and the state that you've left us in. So we give you all the glory and the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just worship him. Thank you, Father. We magnify your name, Father. And remember, it's inward. When you're communing with him, you're deeply connected. You are that garden in which he lives now. You are that Ark of the Covenant upon which he rests. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is inside of me. We trust you and we love you. Bring. We just want to honor your name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Be glorified, Lord. Be glorified. Thank you. And out of that comes healing. Out of that comes words of knowledge for other people. Out of that comes peace, deliverance from anxiety, deliverance from all types of sexual perversion, deliverance from pain in your body, deliverance from fear, deliverance from rejection, all of that stuff, because the spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. I also have this, this picture of the burning bush before Moses. that was burning, but it was not being consumed. That's how we burn, Lord. Your fire, your spirit is in us, burning brightly, consuming us, but we're not burned. We are alive on the inside of that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Jesus we praise you. Jesus we praise you. And I, you know I just I just I just I just encourage you. Put on this mindset daily in the mornings. Amen? Amen. Put on this mindset that you are that burning bush hosting the presence of God. You are that perfected statue. You are the garden in which God dwells. Amen. 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 Because the world out there, th- this message is not for you. This message is for the people that you're going to encounter. Not so that you can preach it to them, so that you can live it out in front of them. Amen? It's, church, it's time for the church to be more powerful.